0: The Landlord and Lawyer Podcast with Ben Beadle and Tessa Shefferson.
1: Welcome everybody to the Landlord and Lawyer Podcast after a bit of a gap, because um, Ben has been so busy rushing about being important. So uh, um, welcome to everybody. He's Ben Beadle, he's the landlord.
0: and she's Tessa Shefferson. she's the lawyer.
1: And we don't have a guest today. We're going to be interviewing each other, except it's mostly going to be me interviewing Ben, because he has a far more interesting life than me and has been doing lots of really important and exciting things that you will want to hear about. <laughs> so well, I not um, go that far, Tessa. <laughs> so, whoa, well, you know, you've been meeting politicians and, and all of that sort of stuff. So um interesting let, times. So let's proceed with um with the podcast. So I think we last spoke. um When was it? Was it in January? It was quite a while ago.
0: It was probably uh, following on from the conference, was it?
1: Yeah, that's yes,
0: something yeah. like that. We did um, a conference
1: one. Of course, you've got another conference coming up in October, so um
0: something so. to look forward to. Yeah, 20, 24th of October in in Birmingham, and uh, we've literally just uh, released the date. So I'm looking forward to that, and I'm I'm hopeful that. Uh, we will be able to get one of our uh, top ministers uh, along to talk to members directly. It worked very well um, last year, albeit uh, Felicity Bucken isn't the PRS minister anymore. Oh, and that, <laughs> and that, that comment about being a long-term let rather than a, an Airbnb yeah. has rather backfired, bless her. But hey, um, that's the changing nature of uh, housing ministers, right?
1: So so what have you been up to in the meantime and what have you been because I know you've been doing a lot of lobbying work for landlords. Yeah. So yeah, so what, we, what have you been doing?
0: Well, I mean, we're getting to the business end, Tessa, of of rental reform. Um, and we've been doing a huge amount of work to uh on on a couple of areas actually. So um with rental reform, there's three principal areas that that our members have concerns about. Student tenancies. Court reform um, and antisocial behaviour in the context of a of a legitimate reason. Um, I mean, it would be fair to say that landlords have more concerns than the three that are you know are set out right, um, and we're looking at some of those. But you don't go into sort of meetings with a, a wish list of of fifty. Uh, items it's just not going to work. So we've broken it down a little bit to some of the the, the the bigger items. And so what we've been doing is engaging with ministers um uh, and also um uh Tory MPs with an interest in housing, um briefing them on those plans. And we've also at the same time um been talking to Labour uh, and Labour MPs about their own housing uh, plans. Obviously, you know a whole lot of politics has passed under the bridge since we um, since we met last. And um, whilst Rishi has uh, steadied the ship a little bit, I think um, it would be uh, silly of us not to engage uh, in a more sort of aggressive way with Labour and Lisa Nandy and, and and uh, and another MPs that are prepared to listen. So there's been a whole range of things going on but as i say we are at the business end of the renters reform bill now and we do expect to see a bill in the next few weeks
1: okay so um you had a meeting with michael gove yesterday are you able to talk about that
0: well um yeah of course it was well i say that it was chatham house rules but uh i was uh, fortunately
1: enough, it,
0: rules. it means you can't go out and blab about it. What what what, what says what happened what said in the room stays in the room. However, I did meet him on the first of um, first of March uh, as well on a, in a private session, um, and it would be fair to say the stuff I said uh, then was the stuff I said yesterday. So I'm very yeah. happy to talk about that. Uh, but yesterday, what I can tell you is it, it was that it was. Um, Uh, a group of 10 organizations uh, that were invited. Uh, There was NRLA, there was um, the large agent representation group uh, that David Smith um, uh, attended for, the Lettings Industry Council with Theresa Wallace, the British Property Federation with Ian Fletcher, the Director of Policy, Shelter, Generation Rent, Citizens Advice, the local government association chartered institute for environmental health and one other organization um that i forget but there was four of us from sort of our side of the fence if that's mm-hmm. the right sort of expression um i don't think it has to be at two distinct groups by the way you know you know my view on life but um you know uh, things are panning out maybe slightly slightly differently so i you know we were very pleased to get that invite and be able to take the voices of of landlords and letting agents directly to the um the person that that matters and i think it was fair to say that um the prior conversation i'd had with mr gove uh, the messages have landed so we have seen in recent weeks, um, a strong commitment on antisocial behaviour that has been made by the uh, by the Prime Minister himself. And we can maybe get into that in a bit. Um I've also had um made strong representations on PBSA, the purpose-built student accommodation versus the you know um the PRS version yeah. of, of, of yeah. that, um, and why on earth you, you would seek to um carve out one sector and, and not the other. Rachel McLean, the new housing minister that has replaced Felicity Buchan on the PRS, um, uh, is picking that up. She was at the meeting yesterday. Um, I hope there's going to be some movement on that. Um, uh, yeah, I live in a, a state of eternal hope. Um, and then the, the the third thing that was discussed, and there were a number of other points, of course, from sort of telling groups around things that they would like to see, was around court reform. Yeah. And the importance of that, because I and I do think that Michael Gove gets that, you, you know, in bringing in, he, he, in bringing in a brand new system, you've got to have a framework that's going to work. You know, it can't be, it can't be like Wales, where everything is, you know, just crashed in the most awful uh, fashion, you know, you do need to bring good landlords along with you. And if you're a good landlord suffering at the hands of a rogue and or and or criminal tenant the law has to be on your side right and the court system has to support you um and we know that the court system has been on its knees for many years yeah. and and with these reforms coming in where people are going to require a hearing and a longer hearing and advice and all of that sort of stuff it's not going to get quicker is it so it's going. it needs proper yeah. resourcing
1: I mean, the the um, the accelerated procedure presumably won't be used anymore, or will it?
0: Well, I hope that it will be uh, used in some way. For uh, I mean, there will still have to be a hearing on antisocial behaviour. But my argument on things like antisocial behaviour and egregious rent arrears is that they, you know, they they are the ones that that cause the most pain. Yeah. Uh, and need to be dealt with quickly. But of course, as you well know, Tessa, if you have prioritization, then you immediately deprioritize something else. And so whilst I want to see prioritization on bad behavior and serious rent arrears, it can't be to the detriment of everything else. You know, it. and this was the point that has been made loud and clear. And we're engaging with the judiciary on this as well, that um, you need proper resourcing. You, yeah. you, uh, and that's why I was so pleased that David Smith was at the um, session yesterday as well. You know, uh, obviously, he's our legal counsel. He was representing a big group of letting agents uh, yesterday. Um, but you and I both know him. He knows his onions when it comes to uh, uh, the courts, and he was able to speak very powerfully about uh, the need for this to work. And I don't think, I don't think. Y- y- your average person can disagree with that you know waiting over six months if you have a legit reason as as set out in the white paper this isn't about section 21 this is yeah. there is a fault and i want to remedy this fault by getting possession of my property you can't wait six months or or upwards of six months you have to have proper investment um yeah. and that needs to be in place before some of this stuff happens
1: yeah i mean The whole court thing is a nightmare because the 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 whole the Justice Department has been underfunded for years. I mean, I think it was one of the departments that suffered most under austerity. Mm. And of course, they've sold off so many of the courthouses, which is another problem.
0: Well, I mean, one of the other things I can tell you, Tessa, is um, I mean, you're right, of course, you're absolutely right. But a lot of this is to do with the administration and efficacy. Of the of the sausage factory and I can tell you that you know I I heard um, from a very good source that um, in some cases judges are available but have empty courtrooms because the cases aren't getting through I mean it's just bonkers absolutely yeah. bonkers um and so you know we can talk about resourcing right but I'm not so sure, I mean, some in some areas there will be shortages of judges and bailiffs and, and that sort of thing. But this is about, you know, uh, an efficient sausage factory that, you know, is digitalized. You you put it in, you have your ping and pong, people entitled to respond, a review, a, assessment, hearing. Hopefully, decision with advice on the, uh, along the way. Now you know that I mean this is a different environment. But take deposit disputes. You know we were processing upwards of fifteen thousand disputes yeah. um, over the course of the year. It's much more now, and we were turning those around within twenty eight days of receipt of of evidence. For the for the most part, this isn't a difficult concept. I get there more tricky issues, um, but the the actual process. Has just not kept up with modern day uh, yeah. technology, um, and so yeah. we're on the back foot.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It is very concerning. It is very concerning. But um, I think we'll have to leave it there. Um, what about um, some of the other things that you were discussing?
0: Yeah, so uh, uh, on, Yeah, so on on antisocial behaviour specifically, we obviously. Um, I had the meeting with Gove on the 1st of March, and then, um, I forget when this was announced now, all the days seem to merge into one, but certainly two or three weeks ago, the Prime Minister made a big announcement in relation to antisocial behaviour, which mirrored exactly the things that we were asking for, which is cutting the time, making sure that local authorities um, are able to get engaged, provide support, but also that there's a lower test um, uh, for landlords to meet, because you and I both know it's nigh impossible yeah. to prove antisocial behavior. Uh, and so we're looking at making sure that um the test is lower, so that um whatever behavior is being committed has the um is capable of of causing sort of nuisance. Uh, rather than a higher test. And we think that that's still reasonable. There will obviously be a hearing and an element of proof, um, uh, but and still down to the judge's discretion, but that ought to be easier to prove. And I think, you know, for me, this is the, the fundamental point. That a Conservative government must be on the side of the victims. Yeah. Um, And those victims aren't always landlords, by the way, as you well know. You know, victims are often other tenants or neighbours or whatever.
1: Well, they're normally not the landlords in a way. The landlord lives somewhere else. I mean, the victims, as you say, are are the people who who are close by and have to put up with these things.
0: And so cutting timeframes specifically for antisocial behaviour, that message seems to have got through in terms of notice periods, I mean. Um uh you know that that's a step in the right sort of direction. Because frankly, you know, if you and your family are being woken up at two or three o'clock in the morning because of, you know,
1: yeah.
0: noise, drugs, you know, all sorts of uh depravity that can can go on and keep you awake, um, you actually don't want to be told that there's a two or three month notice period. Uh, and then it needs to go to court and it's going to take six months. You want it dealt with. And, and I think that, you know, you have a reasonable expectation that that in this day and age that ought to be dealt with. I I understand the argument about where do these people end up. Um, but but frankly, I don't see it as being uh, the private rented sector's problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and I
0: th- we do have to be tough on this. You know, yeah. th- this is... Um, and that's not to you know to tarnish everybody with the with the same brush anti social behaviour is a is a blight um, but landlords actually don't have the same resources and tools at their disposal as say social landlords yeah. uh, in terms of access to agencies and stuff like that um uh, and i don't think you could reasonably um uh, you know expect landlords to be as well versed in these things as as local authorities um, so, you know, we say that this is a fair and reasonable and proportionate uh, step, and we expect uh, Gove and Sunak to deliver on it.
1: I mean, what we really ought to have is a bigger social housing sector. Quite. For families and also disruptive people to to go to. I mean, it's the, the government over a long period of time has sold off all our social housing.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and continue to do
0: so in England.
1: Well, absolutely, which is which is ridiculous. And I was I have to say I was very surprised and concerned to hear Lisa and Andy saying that they were going to continue that because um, I think we ought to ban um, the selling off of, of council housing the same way that they have in Scotland and Wales because yeah. it's it's so unfair.
0: Or uh, I mean, I mean, I agree perhaps, you know, at, at, at the moment, but you'd, you'd want to get to a position where at least that, that home is replaced right um because i think uh, you know a- a- any government will want to be aspirational in terms of home ownership um but the problem has been that the stock is sold off and never ends up obviously getting replaced you just have a yeah you know, diminished and diminished uh, stock um but this was one of the things that came up in the in the discussion actually that i don't mind sort of sharing with you which is that uh, yeah and we've spoken about this on this podcast before renters reform y- y- is going to do nothing to help the supply of housing yeah yeah uh, and 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 you know we uh, I did raise that um yesterday uh and I think that it's something that government do need to get to grips with because I don't think it's it it's it's yeah we're we're focusing on on these issues, right? section twenty one going, its replacement, court reform, all of this sort of stuff. Well, you know, yes, it will be a different framework. And as we've discussed here, some landlords will be able to deal with it, and some landlords won't want to deal with it, and they will make the decisions that they make, right? Um, but whilst all this goes on, it adds to an overall picture of confidence, or rather lack of uh, yeah and, and, of course, and no enough... strategy to increase the supply.
1: I mean, another thing that I've been reading is that a lot of landlords are reaching retirement age and are going to be selling up. And so what the government needs to do if they want to continue to, to have a private rented sector, they need to encourage people to come in. And they're not really doing an awful lot to encourage younger people to become landlords.
0: Oh, they're doing nothing. Uh, Absolutely nothing. Um, uh, That said, uh, I mean, you know, you may well say these are warm, warm words. The the Secretary of State has now said on a number of occasions of the uh, private rented sector's importance. Um, And what I told him yesterday is that um, we need to see that evidenced. We, you know, because uh, there are a lot of landlords who who can't. And myself included who cannot resonate that statement with the actions that we're seeing over here and so you know that whether we like it or not the prs is going to be a more regulated place in the next few years it's going to continue that trajectory well if it is so heavily regulated what's so bloody bad about it yeah So, you know, back it, make it a place that people want to stay, look at taxation, sort the energy stuff out. That was one of the commitments that came out yesterday. That's within Gove's control on EPCs. Um, And there was uh, a modicum of comfort around him agreeing with our concerns on EPCs and the direction of travel. Not that we shouldn't get to see, but just, you know, the way to getting there and what help is available and you know not not alienating those people that he wants to stay in the in the sector so i was really pleased to hear that to be honest with you and we're we're going to follow up uh, uh exactly um uh with that um but you know we need the private rented sector
1: yeah it's, as, it's did, as
0: simple as that
1: did he say anything about the epc certificates themselves because i understand a lot of people have said that they're not fit for purpose they're they're testing the wrong things, and they—they—you they, um, know—they—they're just generally not fit for purpose.
0: Yeah, I, I think it. And we discussed this a few weeks or so ago, rather than the detail yesterday, because we had only an hour. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, uh, you know, you can't get into that level of, sure. of detail. But But um, you're right. You know, I think that 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 those comments have landed. Um, in respect, I, I think you know the EPC is a well-intentioned document, right? You know, who doesn't want to know about the performance of the home that they're moving into? And as a landlord, um what you need to do to improve that and cut bills and costs and that sort of stuff. So I think the principle of what it's trying to achieve is sound. Um, but with all of the various algorithms and you know changes that we are kind of seeing in the direction, of travel towards net zero, um, it, it's it's not kept pace with those yeah. changes, and so now we find ourselves with um, not an irrelevant document, but a useless document. It could yeah. be made to be more useful, uh, and I think it will do. But government needs to set its stall out. I, I don't want to tell members to you know rip out boilers or um, uh, electric heaters and put in uh, heat pumps. Um, until we have a proper strategy yeah. for, for the housing sector and one that includes um, support.
1: Yeah, I mean, another problem that I've I've come across that people have, have told me about is that they've done uh, decent repairs, lots of insulation about 10 years ago, um, which is obviously covered up. And then when they want to get a new EPC 10 years later, the uh, the assessor won't accept that they've got proper insulation unless they sort of dig up the floor or something, uh, and that has caused a few problems.
0: Oh, more than a few, I'm sure. And and also the you know the other thing that irritates the hell out of me is a lot of things are assumed on the on the EPC.
1: Hmm. Don't
0: know if you've noticed this, but I've sent a couple of EPCs back saying you've assumed this, but had you asked me or bothered to check, you know yeah. you and actually in one case um it moved me from a D to a C
1: yeah now I've heard a lot of complaints about the people who do it um you know that that they don't ask proper questions that they won't accept things I mean there, there seems to be a that the building regulation records don't seem to be sufficient to allow the assessors to accept the work that was done yeah. you know there isn't a proper recording of, of what happened
0: no that i I absolutely agree, but i I think um I, you know I've been quite pleased to hear these sort of noises coming off in relation to energy because as, as we've we've discussed here in on many occasions, actually rental reform will require a change of behavior, right? and and things to be done differently. And as I say, you know some people will be able to deal with it, and some people won't. Uh, I'm in the camp that I think that we I could be able to deal with it subject to having reassurance on, a, on you know, a number of points energy is different you know two years ago um the uh, suggested direction of travel was set out 2025 2028 10k well uh, you know if you've got a property in the northeast uh, where the asset value is 100 grand and you're going to be having to pay 10k well it's not going to be easy to raise yeah you know, d- no do do the maths Um, and so this is very much a case of are we climate change deniers no we're not Uh, do we all want to see homes as energy efficient as possible particularly in the wider context of cost of living and energy prices and stuff like that of course we do of course we do but do we need to have a sensible route to support homeowners to get there yes we bloody well do and is 10k reasonable Um, well no it's not and and we've we've suggested um that there does need to be a package of measures um around taxation um credits um to encourage um um you know upgrades in the right sort of way but also um support on a sliding scale you know just basic stuff i mean like like at the moment yeah if you if you want to um Uh, replace your gas boiler with something more energy efficient you can't offset that against your 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 tax return because it's an improvement well yeah you you know just little bits like that because if that happened to me i you know i probably would be in the same boat of, of of you know replacing like for like rather than than upgrading so the whole retrofit issue hasn't been got to grips with that's for sure yeah just
1: just thinking ben um this is Basically about the Conservative Party and their proposals. What sort of discussions have you had with the Labour Party? Because it does look very much as if we may be having a Labour government, perhaps sometime next year, or possibly even later this year. Who knows?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 past predicting now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't predict, but but I mean, Labour have set out a very clear plan for housing, um, uh. They will if if rental reform isn't delivered, they would do it within the first hundred days of coming to power. Abolition of Section Twenty One. Um, uh, I'm pretty certain discretionary grounds rather than mandatory grounds on repossession. Um, longer notice periods. Um, uh, what else? At pets, kind of by by default, um, a landlord register. You know, all of those um, very classical um, uh, anti, dare I say it, uh, anti, anti-landlord anti policies. Um, they would also, I think, have some element of localised rent control. You know, you, you can't um, make a cup of tea without Sadiq Khan calling again uh, for, mm. for rent control. Um, uh, so I think it would be inevitable that there would be some form of, of rent control. And they've also set out that um, they want to restore social housing to the second largest form of tenure, which isn't yeah. per se a bad thing. Mm. But if it's done to the detriment of the private rented sector, then obviously that would be a bad thing if they're going to embark on a social house building program that naturally you know expands the pool of of homes and and raises it that way then that's something that would be imminently sensible uh, uh to me because we've got a million people on you know social housing waiting list um and the PRS frankly was never created to be the social sector yeah. it's picking up uh where government policy has failed in in my view so um you know i think what we can expect is a more Harsher version of rental reform, which frankly is why we're adopting the stances that that we're adopting here. You know, better a blue than a blue reform than a a, a red reform, I would think. But with all of that ideology, Tessa, there has to be a, a sprinkling of pragmatism in this. And that's why we are working with Labour MPs, more moderate Labour MPs. Um, people like Clive Betts, chair of the Select Committee, good guy, understands the issues. Um, he's fair he's got a particular view of the world but he's he's fair um I am I can tell you um seeing uh, Lisa well Lisa Nandy has commissioned a review into the private rented sector um uh and we wrote to the person carrying out that review um and I'm meeting with him on on Monday um uh Monday the 24th of April uh to have a chat about the direction of travel and issues in the sector, et cetera, et cetera. Um, making sure that the voice of the responsible landlords is not lost in the uh, ideological returns of the 1970s.
1: <clears throat> yes, um, talking about um, radical reform, um, how are things going with uh, with the Welsh reforms? I mean, had what sort of feedback have you had on on how that's going down in Wales?
0: like a lead balloon my darling it's absolutely wretched um and and I, in some respects it's helpful because it enables me and I did yesterday to say to go whatever you do don't copy don't copy what whales have done let's have a proper leading and implementation period let's not twit about with things um retrospectively Uh, I cannot tell you how much of a car crash the introduction of of renting homes, Wales has has been um, six years in the making, and you know um, that sector is being decimated in a matter of matter of weeks. There are some real issues in in Wales, and um, I'm afraid Welsh government have uh, alienated the very people that they need to provide housing. You have possession yeah, possession cases up five hundred percent. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot to learn from, uh, principally how not to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, are there any particular issues that, um,
0: Well, just in t- the main one is around how, a how a, a contract converts from the old to the new. Yeah. Well, um... I've had issues
1: with that. I mean, I've had, um, I had a gentleman who said that he didn't have a, um, a written contract. So how on earth was he supposed to create a conversion contract?
0: Uh, I mean, these are all these are all sort of very real issues that Welsh government were made aware of, um, but decided in their wisdom to carry on with their wrecking ball approach to, um uh, you, you know, a new regime. And, mm-hmm. you, you, know, you 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 reap what you sow. I think one of the I was on another podcast yes, yesterday with Ed Mead of Uber, who was talking about the politicisation of housing. And, and 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 you know and we we've got good links with Judy James the minister for climate change who has got the ha- the um housing brief um get on very very well with her um but this is what happens when housing becomes a political football you, you know it it's all of these issues were known and pointed out by various trade bodies ourselves included yet they were they were ig- ignored and they are causing uh, problems um, they were not unexpected, unintended consequences. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: uh, but in their in their rush, and yeah, I say rush. You know, as I say, it's been six years in in the making renting renting homes. But this is why you do need to have you need to bring people along with you with some of these changes, and you need to be um, you need to not think in a polarized way about who they're going to benefit. Because actually as you you know, as you well know, Tessa, that if you do hurt landlords or um, you know, turn the screw or make things not work for property owners, well, who are the ultimate um who, who are the ultimate people that are going to feel the pain of that? It's gonna be our friend the renters. And yeah, you know, that's exactly what we're seeing through higher rent, decimated kind of confidence in the sector, uh, and not serving any particular purpose other than to choke off housing supply that we desperately need. It's a yeah, I mean, what
1: what people don't seem to appreciate is that you don't have to be a private landlord if it gets too much for you you can just sell up and do something else.
0: Uh, well it, it, you're you're absolutely right um and you know the approach would be a fair one if there was a plentiful supply of homes right uh, or there was you know the million social homes that we that we need across the country but there isn't and yeah. so you know, if you're not investing in social housing, if even the build-to-rent sector, um, are, I think, are experiencing a crisis of, of confidence, um, yeah. uh, if the PRS is no longer a, a viable proposition, and profit isn't a dirty word, as I've said to you uh, before, you know, there has to be something in it to uh, for people to want to do it, right? where where, they, where where do people actually live where do they yeah. go
1: i mean I the know. houses will still be there i mean they, yeah. they it's not like they're being knocked down but they just won't be available for low income families
0: correct um and y- y- you know the aspiration of turning renters into first time buyers is a perfectly sound one but you're shuffling the same pack of cards right so yeah. y- you know if you're if you're putting more um, uh, more cards into the home ownership bracket, then you're reducing down the supply of housing in on the rented side. Well, what does that do? It, you know, it 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 raises it raises costs. And so that's why we really across England and Wales, it's the same issues in 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 Wales. Um you know, is why we must get to grips with the housing supply challenges. And that could be more social housing. It could be um making the environment for the private rented sector one that people want to invest in. So playing with the tax levers to make it more um, uh, attractive, because if we're going to have greater regulation in the way that's being set out, there should be no worries about it. And we know, and Go did say this yesterday, he recognises that the vast, vast majority of landlords are good and decent people providing excellent accommodation. Absolutely right, mate. Um, but absolutely back those people um, and go after the the ones that aren't in a targeted way let's let's not drive everybody out the sector we need to see a clear differential in those plans and I don't mind telling you that I told the Secretary of State that directly yesterday
1: yeah yeah okay Wow. interesting interesting times very interesting
0: uh... times and and you know I think there's a lot more to be uh, to to be had, um uh, and a lot more discussions uh, uh, to have. As I say, we're getting to the business end now, Tessa. So I suspect that we're going to be talking about uh, this in our in our future podcasts to come,
1: <laughs> yeah, so we'll have to do an analysis of it. so um we're we we're, we're sort of spacing out our podcast a bit more now because you're so busy. Um, and we're doing
0: them quarterly, I think Tessa.'re doing them we?
1: quarterly. So, we'll probably be doing the next one in about three months time so goodness knows where we'll be then um i, I hope there I, will I, be some landlords left
0: <laughs> there there will be i think there will be a bill to pour over yeah. uh and it may well be that you know if we if we have a lot of excitement about uh future plans we might even bring that uh, podcast uh, forward earlier to talk to yeah. our respective members about it
1: yeah yeah Okay, right. Well, we'll close down now. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, I'm Tessa Shepperson, and you are Ben Beadle, and we are
0: the Landlord and Lawyer Podcast.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, everybody. See you soon. See you soon.